Dan! 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 Hello and welcome to the uh, Digital Advertising News Podcast, brought to you by Searchstar. As ever, I am joined by Dan Fallon. Hello! How's it going, Dan? Very well, thank you. I've got it written down here to ask you if you dried off after this morning's deluge, but we meant to record this yesterday, when it, it did actually... It was a very uh, dry ride in. The, actually, I, I... No, I did ride in, but it was dry. Great. That was That's what you want, really, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so we recorded the last podcast... Uh, I had a look. We did it way back in June. It's now November, so obviously the whole monthly thing didn't really go to plan um, after the middle of the year. Um, but we've got excuses aplenty. We've been, uh, I'd say, we've been massively busy. Wouldn't you agree? Yes. No, we are enormously busy. Yeah. Um, two conferences in the mix as well. Uh, new business team has been rushed off its feet, and frankly, we've been on a lot of holidays. So uh, that's one of the reasons why we uh, why we haven't recorded anything since June. But we're back, which is the main thing. We're back again, uh, and I'm going to do my best to make sure I get down in this room recording this podcast on a monthly, monthly. basis. It's yep. going to happen. I will be here, D- providing December. Nick doesn't cancel. Yeah. Providing I don't cancel, uh, maybe I might even record a Christmassy jingle for next month. So, but we'll see. We'll see. Um, but that's enough about us. You weren't here to, to. You're not here to listen to us talk about us. So we're going to go straight into Amazon. Um, I think it's fair to say that Amazon's a bit of a hot topic at the moment. Um, back in September, they reached a market cap of $1 trillion for the first time, joining Apple as the only publicly traded companies to achieve the feat, I believe. Uh, more than happy to be told I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure that's the case. Um, either way, it's clear that Amazon is now massive. Um, but that's not what makes Amazon interesting to us here. What makes Amazon interesting to us is the massive amounts of data it's got that no one has had access to up to this point. Um, which is why the news that Amazon is testing search-based retargeting is big and good news. Um, assuming it's true, it comes from agency execs briefed about the pilot program. It is true, there is a beta which we are part of. Great, there we go. I wasn't party to that news. but yep. No, there is a beta, we are part of it. And essentially the way it works is if somebody goes on to Amazon and they search for lawnmowers but don't buy a lawnmower, Google, um, Amazon is then offering the right or offering the ability to not only show people lawnmower ads as they move around Amazon properties, but also in its DSP for us to target ads for lawnmowers wherever that person goes on the internet. If they start watching videos, whatever it is, they will start seeing ads for your particular lawnmower until, and then they use an algorithm which works out typically how long it takes for somebody to buy a lawnmower, or if Amazon actually sees them buy a lawnmower on Amazon, they come out of the bucket. So it's... It's a pretty perfect in-market audience categorization that you can think, well, normally if people search for something on Amazon, they tend to buy it sooner or later. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, with it, and it works if you're, if you're trading on Amazon, not trading on Amazon. If you're a brand, if you're, if you're Qualcast, you may not actually be the direct retailer on Amazon. But the person has searched for a lawnmower, therefore you'd want to advertise at them with a call saying, buy a Qualcast. This is always going to happen. We were pretty sure it was going to happen mm-hmm. at some point. Um, but we didn't know when. Now it has, or now it is starting to happen. Um, but why is, why is it exciting? Why? I think it's exciting because we're, I mean, people have produced in-market, in-market audiences have been knocking around the ad marketplace for ages. And Google 
has the best of them. But they've always been... They're, they've always, they've always, there's always been a bit of suspicion around them that some publisher, you know, what mobile phone would sell an in-market audience or a, a, a magazine publisher would sell an in-market audience for people looking at mobile phones based off the fact that they'd been to what mobile phones website and they'd looked at some phones and they'd sell that for an enormous premium. Yeah. But they do some fairly underhand things often to get people into that bucket. Yeah, yeah. They sort of suck them into the page with dodgy offers, encouraging them to read mobile phone reviews. And they weren't really in market. And you never strictly trusted some of those publishers. Google do it by using a lot of their search data and... YouTube data and Gmail data, they try and work out whether you're in market. But Google are quite fuzzy and have multiple sources as to how, and they're not, there's not an enormous amount of transparency about how they put forward those in-market audiences. Okay. The thing about Amazon, I suppose, it, it, and it may be that it is just packaging, but because Amazon, a search on Amazon or a piece of... When you, when you are on Amazon, you have such clear intent about what you're doing. Yeah. You are on Amazon to buy stuff, typically. And so if you search for something on Amazon, pretty typically you're going to buy it. Yeah. You're not there for fun. And so if you're there, so an in-market audience from them and the sort of incredible niche categorization that they can provide those, those in-market audiences is enormously interesting to the industry. It's definitely a valuable thing yeah. to, to have that information straight from Amazon. Um, but why now? What, what, why, why, why are Amazon doing this now? They could have done it quite feasibly but, at any point. Because in Amazon past. in the last couple of years has made a huge play that it is going to become, it's going to become a media owner. Mm-hmm. It's going to become just like it... It increasingly doesn't run its own shops. Increasingly, you know, the shop, the, the shopping within Amazon isn't fulfilled by Amazon. They're not the retailer. No. They are the platform that facilitates the retail. So, and they take commissions from the people who actually are doing the retailer and whether Amazon is, whether it's being fulfilled by Amazon or not. Often mm-hmm. Amazon, nine, nine times out of 10, Amazon ain't the retailer at the moment. But they're, they're, and just like they're seeing enormous margins in taking commissions from retailers, they're also seeing the potential for enormous margins in selling the app. They're not, they're not the retailer anymore. They're, they're selling the retail opportunity both. And they're one of the tool, one of the ways they're saying, look, you, the retailers, can buy these purchases either by paying a commission to us, Amazon, which mm-hmm. is the classic way, or by advertising because people are coming onto our platform and they're st- they, they have a very clear intent. So how can we monetize that intent? And they can monetize that intent either by directing them to retailers and taking a percentage, mm-hmm. or they can monetize that intent by selling advertising against it. And so this is the second strand of that strategy. And they're monetizing it both by putting by, by building a sort of sponsored ad section within the search within Amazon, by putting sort of straightforward banner ads and buttons and MP mid-page units across the Amazon product, but also across IMDB. And I think very shortly there will be video ads available on Amazon Prime, which mm-hmm. I think will yeah, be enormously interesting for the TV market. And then they're saying, actually, we can take that data that somebody who's carrying this cookie is in the market for a lawnmower, and we can run ads across the whole of the internet where, where we can run ads against a cookie. And they're seeing the opportunity to build an enormous ad empire based off the fact that people signal their intent with an Amazon and Amazon has phenomenal data 
on what sort of stuff somebody buys. Yeah. So this is almost the, sort of the next step in a trend that's been coming in Amazon for quite a while now. Yeah. But um, there's another element that I've seen to it um, in a number of things I've read where the, the specific timing now might be some sort of general ill feeling towards Google and Facebook over the past 12 months from consumers and from that area. Do you think that's... A- I, don't th- I don't think there's any particularly sudden ill feeling. I think there's a convergence between Google and Amazon are closing in on the same space, mm-hmm. which is Google through search and its data has enormous amounts of product intent that it is, that it has done brilliantly monetizing. Amazon has that same body of product intent. And just like Google is increasingly through its Google shopping product building something that looks a bit like Amazon, mm-hmm. so Amazon are building something, are building an ad platform that tries to have a go at Google. And the two of them are, okay. you know, Google becomes a bit more of an e-commerce player and Amazon becomes a bit more of an advertising player. And interestingly, they're both also the leading players in developing AI assistants. Mm, so that's, yeah. that's virgin territory for them both, and they're absolutely neck and neck, arguably with Amazon slightly out front, depending yeah, on I, what you, yeah. how you call it, um, on, on, the, on the assistant stakes. Yeah, I think the next few years are going to be very interesting. Hmm. Which leads me on to my final question about Amazon. What's the next step? Are we going to see more Amazon DSP products along these lines? What's the timeline for those? The, the whopping interesting one is, um, well, I mean, there will be lots of, the Amazon ad platform is very crude in how in its yeah. usability for sort of the nerdy end of the market like us there'll be lots of tweaks and improvements to the utilization or to how you actually the, the, the facility of buying ads within it because it's a pretty awful platform that's very manual there's an increasing number of sort of auto optimization it, it's, it's kind of on an accelerated version of the program that people like Facebook and Google have been on for the last couple of years to get the platform to catch up and yeah. be easy to spend money through the big the next big strategic move will be them putting ads on will then be putting ads on amazon prime amazon prime they're riding it to take on and beat netflix i think netflix are very scared and amazon are going to start loading ads into it very quickly Mm. not ads as in interrupting the programs necessarily but ads in the pre-roll where currently if you're an amazon viewer there's a normally a 10 or 15 second trailer before you watch a program saying, you know, why don't you watch? Normally for me, it's the Outcast. I think it's the Outcast or Outlander. Outlander. Outlander, they seem very keen for me to watch. Um, That's because you don't watch Amazon Prime. (laughs) Um, And there, instead of that pre-roll trailer, there will be an ad. Yeah. I mean, And and that that will be huge because, you know, instead of me seeing a thing for Outlander, I'll see something for a Qualcast lawnmower. And you might well buy it. Yep. Great. Well, that's Amazon done and dusted. I hope that was interesting. Um, now we're going to head straight back over to John Boone, who was also in the last podcast. Uh, he's great. Okay, welcome, John. How's it going? Great. When did you get back from San Francisco? Um, I landed, or I got back home, I think about 8 o'clock Monday evening, and came into work on Tuesday because I've got so little holiday left. But you did get a trip to San Francisco, right? Yeah, so, you know. 
And why were you out there? Um, so I was out there for the uh, the Google Marketing Platform Partner Summit. It's a bit of a mouthful. Yeah. Um, so it's yeah, two day two day summit held annually in San Francisco for all of the Google Marketing Platform Partners. And what does that mean? Um, so yeah, Google Marketing Platform essentially is rebranded uh, earlier this year from the Google Analytics Partnership, which people might be more familiar with. Um, so they rebranded it as the Google Marketing Platform um, and integrated analytics with um, DoubleClick, which they rebranded as uh, what's it, Search Ads 360 and Display and Video 360. And basically, that makes us awesome, doesn't it? Uh, it makes us awesome. There's, uh, there are now, was it 600 global partners, of which 400 came from the analytics side, uh, 200 came from the double click side. Um, around just less than 50 partners are UK based. Um, and we think we're the only partner in the Southwest. And we also think uh, that we are one of less than 10 Google marketing platform partners who are also Google Premier partners. So we think we're awesome. We we're not entirely sure we're awesome, but we're pretty sure we're awesome. Google make it quite difficult to to count. You can go onto the um, Google Marketing Platform Partners listing pages, um, and you can kind of search for ones in the UK. But it doesn't just give you the UK. It kind of seamlessly kind of moves on from UK to rest of world. So uh. we do we do occasionally as a vanity project go and count how many there are UK based, <laughs> but don't count how many there are globally. Okay, well, that's enough trumpeting about, or as Dan would say, trumpeting about search. I don't think anyone else says that. But um, that's enough of that navel-gazing done. Um, so this, this summit basically gives you an idea of the direction Google's going in, which means you're, to some extent, sworn to secrecy. Uh, yes, um, I, I wrote a lot of notes during the, the the whole summit, and annoyingly, almost every session that I sat in uh, was started with a kind of a privacy notice, uh, which I think I included a picture <laughs> that's up on the website now. So I can share it um, internally, um, and we can kind of you know prepare ourselves for any kind of upcoming launches and upcoming changes. But um, until Glu- uh, Google Google <laughs> actually announces it, we can't we can't share it with um, our clients. So you can't give us the money shy of it. But what you can do, I hope, is give us a rough overview of the direction Google's heading in. What is that? So at this point, I decided to say, no, nah, I can't, can't say anything else. But no, the, um, the, the theme of this year's summit was Forward as One, um, which kind of you know, signifies Google you know, integrating its um, um, marketing platform products. It's such a tongue teaser. Integrating those kind of products more closely. So there are seven products in the marketing platform, um, which I'm going to reel these off off the top of my head. Uh, analytics, Data Studio, Tag Manager, Optimize, Surveys, um, and the new ones are Display and Video 360 and Search Ads 360, which are the previously the, the double-click products. Can, uh, I, can I just say that he didn't reel those off, off the top of his head? He's got written notes <laughs> in front of him. He just, I just, just, uh, just to get him on that point. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Nick. Um, um, so yeah, Google talked about kind of integrating those products more closely and their kind of keynote address. They said that their most successful customers were ones that integrated analytics um, with with ads. Um, so a lot a lot of the theme was all around kind of that close integration of products. And like they've launched a new um, integration center uh, within the platform home um, where you can look at which products are integrated, um, which of your products are integrated together. 
Um, so yeah, they talk. They talked a lot about about that. So the future of Google is basically all of Google's tools working better together to hopefully deliver advertisers a better result in the end. Uh, essentially, yeah, that, that's it. There's, there's always been a lot of kind of frustration internally that we've got all of these products that are all produced by Google, but they're all kind of they all seemed like they're very much siloed. They're like they didn't work well with yeah. one another. Um, there's still the previously AdWords. It's now Google. Ads, Google, Google ads, Google ads. That's it. That's still a kind of a standalone, um, a standalone product. But all the other kind of marketing and ad products that Google have got have all kind of you know merged in together. So there should be a lot more kind of familiarity of product, a lot more kind of closer integration, which is something that we've okay. wanted for yeah for a long time. Um, and I'm not sure there are, but are there any tidbits you can offer? Um, yeah, the um, kind of few things we kind of picked up on. Um, Attribution, which we were previously told was going to launch February this year, and then suddenly Google pushed it back into next year. Um, they they look like they're completely rethinking it, and whereas previously we were told next year, they're now saying there's no timeline um, for release. Oh dear, it's getting further away. It's getting further away. They've also <laughs> said that it's now um, no longer going to include um, impression uh, reporting. It's only going to be based on the click, so becoming mm-hmm. even weaker than it was before. Um, they talked about the um, beta testing of the store visits, which is something we're really kind of looking for. We put, um, we put, uh, I think it's about a dozen or so clients forward for the um, the whitelisting of the store visits. Um, mm-hmm. As far as I know, only one, which I don't think I can say who it is, has got that so far. But in theory, it means that if somebody clicks on an ad, visits the website, and then goes into store to purchase, we're going to be able to tie back that entire visit. Um, which that you know, in its, that that in itself is yeah, incredibly exciting. They also talked about um, Google Signals is now on one hundred percent rollout. So Google Signals is um, looking at cross device tracking. Um, mm-hmm. They previously had a tool called um, I completely forgotten it off the top of my head. Uh, but the new Signals essentially, if the user kind of moves across from one device to another, um, you're going to be able to track that as a single visit. Um, which right. yeah, again, again, fantastic. Um, and they talked around their kind of partnerships. They launched a partnership with Salesforce earlier in the year, mm-hmm. and they're looking at kind of a lot more big partnerships. The Salesforce one's quite exciting because obviously it's linking you know, a CRM through to analytics. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we're hoping for kind of more more of that. Um, what else? Uh, Data Studio is saying it's finally out of beta, um, which really surprised us because we've been, you know, here we've been using Data Studio for years, mm-hmm. and they've said it's now finally out of beta, and they've said that this year alone there's been 65 releases for it, so 65 new features. Mm-hmm. Uh, most of them haven't been, you know, groundbreaking, but, you know, all the time we see kind of really big steps move forward. The more we can uh, do, the better. Yeah, and because we're a partner, we also get to kind of put forward our thoughts and kind of contribute to it. So one of the things that we'd, we'd requested, which turned out was the most requested feature, was... Um, um, enabling PDF downloads. Um, obviously, in today's digital age, sharing a digital dashboard is great, but the number of you know directors that you know our clients have to print talk stuff to out. exactly print <laughs> stuff out. So you know, being able to turn a digital dashboard into a, a PDF has uh, has finally been achieved. So groundbreaking stuff there. Fantastic. <laughs> uh, the, the trees will be happy. Um, <laughs> so obviously, there's just small bits from 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 the couple of days. Do you know when we might hear a bit more about other stuff? Um, so yeah, we're just trying to work out exactly what we can and can't say. Um, we're going to be catching up internally with you know account managers, account leads over the upcoming weeks to talk about things that are potentially going to be you know impacting them. Um, and then yeah, as and when we're going to kind of make things make things more yeah kind of clear. And finally, um, you don't need to give any more away. I won't. You know, the Google secret police won't be coming after you. I promise. Um, but what do you think the impact of what Google discussed at its summit 
uh, will be. And are there any sort of opportunities on the horizon for advertisers, in your opinion? Um, again, I think the, the the integration of all the products is is such is such a big thing, and that kind of moving towards this kind of end to end visibility um, of the user online and offline, and being able mm-hmm. to measure all of the yeah all of the touch points that uh, that a customer has with a website is yeah be hugely useful. So it's sort of more accurate sort of globalized measurability is coming exactly being able to be clear on you know return investments on ROAS is yeah is kind of what we're striving towards fantastic that makes me very happy (laughs) thanks John no problem bye bye and uh, now for something potentially less glamorous Uh, we're going to start talking about LinkedIn and B2B advertising Um, the big news is that LinkedIn is rebuilding its ad platform, finally. Uh, essentially, it's going to be switching over to an objective-based ad platform, um, which means that the ad formats and features uh, that will be available to you on through the LinkedIn ad platform uh, will support your chosen objective, your chosen business objective, um, supposedly making it easier to create the right ads for you, um, which is great. Um, other features it's bringing in include easier navigation, uh, combining multiple screens into a single easy-to-navigate flow with fewer pages to click through, a new forecasting plat- panel, um, redesigned targeting experience, which is a big thing as far as I'm concerned, um, and a live ad preview so you can actually see what your ad looks like before it's being built, before before you put it live, which seems like a fairly obvious update to me. Um the LinkedIn ad platform has been, frankly, shit until now. Um, sometimes it just doesn't work. It's very, very clunky and painful <laughs> and lacks awful. any sort of intuitive ability. It really yep. is. It really is shit. Um, so this is great news for B2B advertisers. Um, but there's also a wider news story about the reinvigoration of the B2B MarTech space. Um, LinkedIn is owned by Microsoft these days, so it's the Microsoft to put a bit of muscle behind it to get it to upgrade it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, do you think uh, this new development from LinkedIn, as well as Adobe's recent, recent uh, very generous uh, spend of $4.75 billion to acquire a B2B marketing platform uh, called Marketo, I think that's how it's pronounced, Mar- so. Marketo, yep. um, and the fact that B2B advertisers in the US will spend around $4.6 billion on digital advertising alone in 2018, which is up from up 13% from last year. Uh, do you think all of these signal a bit of a reinvigoration of the B2B advertising space? I think the, I think the digital B2B advertising market hasn't, hasn't functioned properly so far. We, if you... If you consider the, the phenomenal cost per thousands that the old print titles used to get, mm-hmm. you know, to advertise in the in in mortgage mortgage investor monthly or yacht builder yeah. or you know wood turning machinery monthly or all of those sort of things and the the page rates they'd be able to charge. Or the, the medical press. The, I think GPs and farmers mm-hmm. were always the most profitable um, B2B market audience because essentially they, all, they both run businesses that they specify the purchase from. GPs yeah. buy a lot of medicines. Farmers buy a lot of seed and fertilizer and tractors. So those are always the most lucrative B2B markets. And they'd always get huge cost per thousands and their ad space would go for fortunes. 
But I don't think the advertising market, the digital ad market, has ever properly harvested, done, done that transition. It's never felt as, it's, it's as never good felt as the B2B. It's never felt as solid no. and properly sold. Because I think the B2B, B2B print advertising, because it was largely print, mm-hmm. was sort of sold by salesmen who'd properly be able to communicate the value of the medium yeah. and build in the award ceremonies and all the other bits that a, a sort of old traditional print publisher would be able to get. Mm-hmm. And I don't think the digital programmatic platforms have, really have, have achieved, have, have got the sales people to convert those B2B advertisers to digital and so I think the print guys and 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 actually there's there's been a, I've read a few places there's been an enormous shift of money into award ceremonies in in yeah. in business there's there are far more award ceremonies than there used to be and that's partially because a lot of those old print manufacturers or print publishers have gone into awards um, and they've discovered that awards are and there's also a slight craving for physical contact in our new digital world that people do <laughs> quite like a nice award <laughs> ceremony. Um, but I think as a, as a, also it's, it's money, it's marketing budget going into award ceremonies that actually probably should be going into digital, but the marketing directors don't quite have the confidence to sign it off. We're working with a couple of quite chunky, we work with a sort of billion dollar um, B2B software company, and they spend comparatively small amounts of money on digital advertising, essentially because they don't quite know where to start. Whereas yeah. I think in the... Had you, had you offered them a, a print schedule of a whole, a whole load of pages in The Economist, they'd have quite happily been signing those off at ten or £15,000 a pop. Yeah. Um, I, I know from, from personal experience, I've, I'm never quite that comfortable putting ad spend, B2B ad spend on LinkedIn. I'm, I'm never quite convinced that it's going to deliver what I want it to deliver. No, I but. think B2B is also has done the industry a massive disservice with its gruesomely awful ad platform. <laughs> And it's like, and it's preference for LinkedIn. Although I always saw it as an advertising tool, LinkedIn saw itself as a recruitment company. Primarily, yeah. you know, LinkedIn always always say, "Well, our revenue stream is recruitment," and I've always and I which which I do kind of un, or recruitment and salespeople and yeah. salespeople contacting thing. Whereas to me, it's an ad platform. There's no reason it can't be both. It I mean, there is no reason it can't be both, but they. You almost thought that the ad platform bit was the third out of those three things. That it they preferred the money yeah. from the recruitment consultants, the salespeople, and then the third, that their third dip into the market was the ad platform. Well, if you compare recruitment on LinkedIn with its advertising platform, its, it's, it's recruitment platform is far more developed than its advertising platform, which is, until this announcement, been quite frankly terrible. Um, but it is re- hoping to reinvigorate its advertising platform do you think we'll see the fortunes of LinkedIn's advertising platform improve? Yes, I think I think people like us will invest if it's as good as if it's as good as people say it is. Then we will we will it will be the money will follow. I guess if you make the easier you make it for people to spend money, yep. and the money the is money sitting there, the, the, the money is going elsewhere, so it will flow back in. There we go. Simple answer to the end. Um, thank you for listening to Digital Advertising News Podcast for November. Um, We promise we will see you in December with, I hope, a lovely Christmas jingle. Thank you for listening. We wish you a Merry Christmas. Not yet, it's only November. (laughs) Good night. Bye.